0: This is Unexpected with Hannah Love. In this podcast, you will gain a new perspective of how God loves you enough to call you to things that you couldn't have imagined for yourself. I think it's easy for us to recount the story of Jesus' birth. Kind of like we would any classic movie that the whole world knows about, you know, you know, all the lines. But in a way, I also feel like so much of the awe and wonder is stripped away because of the familiarity we have with this story. If we take time to really stop and think about the details, it's all pretty wild. Can you imagine? Mary was a teenager. Engaged to Joseph, she had some serious explaining to do. (laughs) Thank heavens God sent an angel to Joseph as well to confirm this miracle. Regardless, I think often of Mary's situation. The fear of the unknown must have been staggering. Yet this young woman said yes. In fact, she said more than just a simple yes— Let me read in Luke 1 verses 26 through 38 to give you a full picture. And this is really a perfect place to pick up too because we just talked about John the Baptist and his mother Elizabeth in the last episode. She had a miraculous conception and Mary's story picks up in the middle of Elizabeth's pregnancy. And remember, she is Mary's relative. So here we go. During the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary, living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, "'Rejoice, beloved young woman, for the Lord is with you and you are anointed with great favor.'" Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this may mean for her. But the angel reassured her, saying, "'Do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You will become pregnant with a baby boy, and you are to name him Jesus.'" He will be supreme and will be known as the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will enthrone him as king on the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign as king of Israel forever, and his reign will have no limit. Mary said, But how could this happen? I am still a virgin. Gabriel answered, The spirit of holiness will fall upon you, and Almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. This is why the child will be born holy. And he will be called son of God. What's more, your aged aunt, Elizabeth, has also become pregnant with a son. The barren one is now in her sixth month. Not one promise from God is empty of power. Nothing is impossible with God. Then Mary responded saying, Yes, I will be a mother for the Lord. As his servant, I accept whatever he has for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. And the angel left her. Guys, I think this is one of my favorite moments in the story, but also in the Bible. It has always amazed me that Mary's immediate response was As his servant, I accept whatever he has for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. This was her response. Despite being bewildered and deeply troubled, despite being a teenager, Despite what her fiancé would say or think or do, remember, he could have had her stoned. Despite what it would have looked like to the outside world, she said yes. In that moment, she put her own comfort, her own safety, her own reputation on the line. Because God asked, and she obeyed. Don't you know the voice of the world would have loved to come in and snatch that away? Don't you know that there were a million reasons she could have given, rationalizing, saying, no, choose someone else. But her heart posture was pure. Her heart posture was one of the very reasons God chose her. He knew she considered herself a servant of the Lord before anything else. When I think of Mary, I think of wisdom and courage and deep sacrifice, Not only does she live out a yes that the natural world didn't understand, but she also lived with the grief of watching her son hang on the cross for the sake of all mankind. And here's the thing. Mary's yes was just the beginning of the story. Luke 2 verses 1 through 7 says, During those days, the Roman emperor, Caesar Augustus, ordered that the first census be taken throughout his empire— Everyone had to travel to the hometown of their family to complete the mandatory census. So Joseph and his wife Mary left Nazareth, a village in Galilee, and journeyed to their hometown in Judea, to the village of Bethlehem, King David's ancient home. They were required to register there since they were both direct descendants of David. Mary was pregnant and nearly ready to give birth. When they arrived in Bethlehem, Mary went into labor and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped the newborn in strips of cloth and Mary and Joseph laid him in a feeding trough since there was no available space in any upper room in the village. As a mom of three young boys, it's not that hard for me to picture myself nine months pregnant and remember what that felt like. But then you add in the travel... 90 miles on a donkey because the ruling authorities, a foreign country of the time, wanted a headcount for taxes? I mean, (laughs) to say that I would be annoyed is an understatement. I would be pretty frustrated with the whole situation. Yes, by all means, let's ride a donkey 90 miles so y'all can tax us. I can tell you firsthand that the last thing that I would want to do at the end of pregnancy is be traveling anywhere. You want to be home. You want to be comfortable, surrounded by the familiar, surrounded by family, and security. But it seems to me that Mary's life was void of any of that, at least from the moment that she was visited by an angel of the Lord. I'll scoot along and shift our attention to yet another angelic encounter— Verses seven through fourteen go on to read: That night, in a field near Bethlehem, shepherds were watching over their flocks. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with a blazing glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them, saying, "Don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news—the most joyous news the world has ever heard—and it is for everyone, everywhere." For today, in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize Him by this miraculous sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in the feeding trough. Then all at once in the night sky, a vast number of glorious angels appeared. The very armies of heaven And they all praised God, singing, Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and good hope given to the sons of men. I feel like this is just another scene that we brush through as we cover the story of Jesus' birth. But let me share a little historical and cultural context here. See, the footnotes in the Passion Translation have an insightful note about this passage that I love. It says that scholars believed the shepherds were possibly at Migdal-Edar, which was a place near Bethlehem. Well, this would have fulfilled both the prophecies of Micah 5.2 and 4, eight. But more than that, Migdal-Edar was the place where the Passover lambs were taken to be born. It also says this, that the lower floor of the watchtower is where the selected ewes were taken to give birth. And after the lambs were born, the priestly shepherds would wrap the lambs in cloth and lay them in a manger lined with soft hay to prevent them from getting hurt. See, the Passover lambs had to be unblemished with no bruise or broken bone. So you see, to these particular men, these shepherds, there was no sign more miraculous to them than seeing a baby boy lying where the Passover lamb should be in a manger, wrapped in strips of cloth. These men would have had a deep and precious understanding of what this represented to the world. The lamb who would take away the sin of the world. He was born and wrapped in cloth. He was laid in the manger. Yes, the appearing of the angels was special. Yes, the singing choir of angels was awe-inspiring. But the miracle sign that would have impacted these shepherds more than anything else, I think, was to see that baby boy treated the very same way they would have treated the precious Passover lambs. Only God could have sent such a sign. Only He would have known the significance that this would have for them and for their understanding of what it meant for the world. The Savior was born Now see, we don't get all of that in the typical Christmas story, do we? (laughs) I truly believe that if we took more time to examine the details, we would be blown away at all of God's handiwork. He is so intentional. He is so in the details. And I know, I know, I didn't touch on all the parts of the Christmas story today. Parts about King Herod and the wise men. Parts about the star leading the way. Parts about gifts and dreams and prophecies. But today, I wanted to take time to point to some of the smaller details. Today, I wanted to say that God sees our heart posture. God blesses our obedience, just like He knew Mary's heart. He knew her obedience, and He blessed her because of it. He chose her for it. And here's the other reminder. God reveals himself in ways that are meaningful to us, uniquely and specifically to us, just like he did to the shepherds. Listen, God can reveal himself to you in dreams, visions, through other people. God works in unexpected ways. Heck, it's the whole message behind this podcast. If he did it for those in the Bible, what makes you think he can't do it for you too? Maybe you won't get an angelic appearance, and maybe you will. Who am I to say you won't? But you will always get an answer if you ask Holy Spirit to reveal Himself. You'll always get an answer if you have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that will recognize God's voice. This whole story may feel a little muddled to you today, but I pray that you will walk away remembering that God is looking at your heart posture. God wants your obedience so He can bless your life. And God can and will reveal Himself to you in a way that is special to you, if you ask Him to. Today, I thank God for sending His precious Son, a Lamb. I'm thankful for the courageous yes of a teenage girl, the obedient heart of her fiancé to act in good faith, and mostly unthankful for the life that Christ came to live, all so that he could die for the sin of the world. All that we may have hope. And as the angel sang, glory to God in the highest realm of heaven, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. And guys, that hope is here now. That peace is available to all today. Let this year's Christmas story be one of little details and great reminders to say yes to God and be listening for His voice. I love y'all, and I am just praying that your Christmas is full of peace and joy and hope of the goodness ahead. Have a Merry Christmas, and I will catch you again in the new year. Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode has encouraged you, please feel free to share this show with your family and friends. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today, and my hope is that this show is a candle in the dark.